Inertia is ever-present and always powerful. That's why people who are skilled at taking initiative stand out. They are the energizer bunnies that just keep going and going and going, and they leave the rest of us wondering, how do they do it without burning out? In this episode, we're sharing the secrets of keeping yourself motivated and energized at work. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is my father and renowned psychometrician, Joe Folkman. Oh, hi, Bree. So what are we going to talk about this week? Taking initiative? Yes, and I think you brought this up because I admitted to you that lately I've been finding myself in this kind of unfocused blah state. <laughs> <laughs> really? Tell me more. Yes. And I, so I've been realizing, I know I'm, I'm totally late to this languishing conversation. And I read that amazing New York Times article by Adam Grant that he wrote last year. So this article talked about the solution to languishing is finding your flow by giving something your complete focus. And I've been thinking a lot about that because when someone is feeling a little blah or burnt out, telling them to take more initiative, I mean, that, that doesn't seem like the answer. Well, I think a lot of that is because they're thinking about initiative the wrong way. Uh, the logic for how a person can take more initiative sounds a little bit like the Nike commercial. Just do it, right? <laughs> But for many people, that statement only motivates them to ask the question, just do what, right? I don't know what to yeah. do. So taking initiative isn't just about being busy. A lot of times that split focus, jumping around, just trying to do everything makes people feel chaotic and they end up uh, not taking initiative and accomplishing a whole lot. Yeah, but... But there's this other thing of that I've also been thinking about is this kind of expectation of doing too much. I was reading a culture study by Anne Helen Peterson, and she brought up this big problem that we have in the world today about job expansion. And maybe it spoke to me, especially because in marketing, now you don't only need to be a, a great writer and social media expert. But over the years, I've had to learn graphic design, video editing, SEO, email marketing, sound design and production for a podcast. I mean, I feel like almost the master of nothing because I have these pressures to be good at everything. And, and um, I'm not the only one. I know there are lots of jobs that there seems to be, you know, this expansion going on. And Anne said, this is what got to me. She said, quote, we all have a yearning for doing work in a way that feels sustainable. And right now it doesn't. There are increased pressures to do more with less, and we continue to trim the fat in organizations to look back at the last 40 years of corporate layoffs is to watch so many employers forget or be convinced to forget that fat has an essential purpose. I wish more of my fat had an essential purpose. <laughs> Such a bad dad joke. It's just fat. 
but there's no doubt that there's pressures and expectations have increased and organizations need to find better ways and uh, better sustainment tools to decrease the burnout problem in companies. But there's some valuable things we can learn from leaders who seem to just keep on going instead of letting all those expectations overwhelm them and diminish their productivity. They've managed to focus their passions and energies in ways that benefit both themselves and the organization. We looked at 360 degree results from thousands of leaders. We looked to understand the leaders who were rated the highest on taking initiative and what they did that made them stand out. And there's five things here. The first one is they had a hunger to drive for results. The hardest step in most projects is the first step. Having a strong desire to deliver results and achieve a goal automatically sets a person up with a desire to identify the next steps to take. Each person on the team needs to feel some sense of ownership for accomplishing the goal. Now, people who take initiative do not wait to be assigned individual tasks, but they focus on the broader goal that needs to be accomplished and then look for an opportunity to help. When they see teammates struggling to accomplish their piece of the task, they're quick to help them out and assist. So as I mentioned earlier, when I was reading about flow, Adam Grant talked about mattering and how we can experience this peak flow when we know that we matter and that we are making a difference. And I think this drive to give people ownership, like you were talking about, and help them in accomplishing something, that can give you that energy. It can energize you in productive ways. Next, what really stood out about these leaders who took initiative was their character. They were viewed by others with high integrity, and they were very motivated to honor their commitments, and they took their responsibility very seriously. During the pandemic, my daughter got appendicitis and her appendix burst, and we had a horrible week in the hospital with her. She was in so much pain. There were so many complications from it bursting. Um, the hospital was full to capacity, and there was a nurse who was assigned to us a lot of that week. And my husband and I were switching off being at the hospital and taking care of our kids at home and still trying to work and not sleeping at night because all of the medications and the constant beeping. And because my daughter couldn't take a bath because of her scar, her hair had become just this one big giant mess on the top of her head that was just getting worse day by day. And I just kept shoving it into a bun. And I remember walking in one morning to switch off with my husband and this sweet nurse who had finished her shift, she'd been with my daughter all night, um, was slowly brushing out all of the tangles in my daughter's hair. And she spent 30 minutes doing this so gently because my daughter has a very, <laughs> she just cries whenever you brush her hair out. And she was so gentle and wonderful. And this act of kindness just meant so much to her and to all of us. She wasn't on the clock. She, she was already overworked and exhausted. I knew that. But her work with those kids, you can tell it mattered to her. And taking the initiative initiative to go beyond the mark and do something like this. That was just in her character. It's who she was. And you know, most people, they want to do the right thing. They want to help others in need and contribute 
to the success of their organizations. That is a great and powerful example of taking initiative and, and people that, you know, they want to make a difference. And they want to do the right thing. Yeah. If you think about people in your life that are go-getters, I'll bet you see that they're excellent problem solvers. That's what we saw in the 360 degree data. Uh, those leaders were intrigued by problems. Uh, they had a different attitude viewing the situation, not as a problem, but as an opportunity. They were positive and confident that they could fix things, that they could make things better with enough effort and intelligence. Now, by looking at what was getting in the way of progress, they found a better way around the problem. I remember several years ago, in, in the old days, when I used to travel, <laughs> I traveled every week. And the problem I had was I would forget where I parked my car. And I'd spend a long time after a long flight wandering around, the, you know, the parking lot, pushing my keys to make the horn bump. <laughs> and that was very frustrating. And so I was trying to solve this problem. And the first thing I did is I, I took a memory course. That didn't help. And then I, 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 I would get a piece of paper and I'd write down exactly where I parked the car and then I'd lose the paper. <laughs> so I finally discovered a solution and the solution was pretty simple. There was an area in the parking lot that never was full. So there was always parking spaces there. And the solution was park a little further away. I mean, it required mm -hmm. a little walking, but I needed to walk after getting off a long flight. Yeah, And it solved my problem. If you want to be viewed as taking initiative, go fix something. And people will say, whoa, you've taken initiative. That's a great way to demonstrate initiative. Another way to demonstrate initiative is by championing change. Avoiding change is the antithesis of initiative. Newton's first law of motion is often stated as an object at rest stays at rest. An object in motion stays in motion with the same speed in the same direction unless acted upon by unbalanced force. In other words, friction, right? Which stops the, the thing in motion. Hmm. But we get in a rut and, you know, we uh, have what's often called plan continuation bias. And it's the tendency that people have to continue with the original course of action, even though it's no longer viable. A good example of this, is the airline pilots who put off going to a different airport, even though the weather's terrible because of that plan continuation bias. Now, if you want to stand out at work, find something that's broken and fix it and become a champion of change. Being open to change creates a, a pattern of taking initiative. I also think that taking those risks, like you were talking about, it's it's exciting. It's different. It kind of gets you out of the blah mode oh a God. little bit because it's something new and that's exciting. And we need that in our lives. Now, the last reason why these leaders were able to continue to keep going and going and taking initiative was because I found this very interesting of their ability to communicate powerfully. 
And it's so obvious. What halts progress more than anything? Bad communication. If you get stuck in a rut, it's probably because people don't know what's going on. Keeping others informed about your progress, along with clear instructions to others about the role that they have in the project, is requisite for taking initiative. And I also think it's important to keep in mind that we all communicate differently. Some people need more reminders. So simply letting others know what you're doing and describing your progress, but also, you know, being open to sharing your stumbling blocks, your ideas, your needs, expectations. These are excellent ways to make any initiative succeed. There's a great line in the movie Sabrina, an old romantic comedy with Julia Ormond and Harrison Ford. And there's a scene where Linus is thinking about a solution to a problem and he thinks, you know, okay, solution is just to have more. And Sabrina tells him, quote, more isn't always better, Linus. Sometimes it's just more. I think that is something we can all remember with the work that we do. It's not always about doing more, but taking the initiative to do the things that matter and make the best difference. And like we discussed today, that initiative is found in driving for excellence, in your character, and your willingness to take on problems, champion change, and communicate well with others. And hopefully, if you've had a case of the bluffs, this list will ignite a little bit more of a fire in you. That's true. And being a person who takes initiative is not an easy road, and it's not relaxing. For the 25 to 35 age group, we found that if taking initiative was in the top quartile, on their assessment, there was an 80% chance that they would also be in the top quartile on their overall leadership effectiveness. Now, for leaders 56 and older, it dropped to 69% of the leaders in the top quartile. Uh, what we learned from this study was that taking initiative is important throughout your career, but it is especially important at early age. Taking initiative starts with your decision to be one who steps up. In the words of Harvard professor Susan David, discomfort is the price of a mission to a meaningful life. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.